Jedi Squadron is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu, and now Star Wars content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hello, new Padawans, and welcome to the Jedi Squadron podcast. Here, you will be taking lessons in the many pieces of the Star Wars universe, whether it be the movies, animated series, video games, comics, and etc. This is your training into becoming a Star Wars fan as part of the Jedi Squadron. May your training go well, and may the Force be with you, young Padawans. What is going on, Star Wars Nation? This is the Jedi Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Desaf. And I'm Rizwan Merchant. And, uh, guys, uh, we literally just finished watching Ahsoka Episode 5, uh, and we can't wait. <laughs> Normally, we wait another day before we do it, but, yeah, we can't We couldn't wait. wait. We could yeah. not do this time. Um we should probably mention that this is being filmed during the writer's strike and the screen of course first, though. yeah and but before we, we get started we yeah. we want to stress that this is still being done during the screen actors guild and the writers guild strikes we stand with the people who are participating in the strike because without the hard work of both these actors and writers amazing and legendary episodes such as the thing we're about to review with this podcast would not be possible yeah and that is especially the case with Ahsoka, because as we've said, Rosario Dawson is part of the Screen Actors Guild, so we very much stand with her. I think a lot of the other actors we're seeing in here are also part of it as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, Rosario is the more well-known one of the group. Yeah. But yeah, so I was watching this, and maybe 20 minutes in, I texted Nathan, I said, hey, we're not waiting. <laughs> yeah we're not waiting um now, now before we uh jump in uh, this is actually an easter egg that i actually kind of uh, missed from the previous episode but the character is also in this episode so it's not a huge deal so uh one of the x-wing pilots that accompanies uh carson tiva um he's the um he's the one other male one uh human uh his name is lander uh, he is apparently portrayed by Brendan Wayne. And the reason why that actor is so big is because he is the suit actor of Din Djarin. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Him? Yeah, he, he well, he's either a suit actor or usually the stunt double, but he's, okay. but from what I've read, he, he mostly does walk around in the suit most of the time as Din Djarin. I didn't think he was that tall. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's not. I I'm I mean, I, I'm sure obviously, you know, when Din has to take his helmet off, they're are obviously gonna have Pedro Pascal in the suit, but for most action scenes he's wearing the suit and it kind of makes sense because I mean Din doesn't really take off his helmet that much. Yeah, no, because you can't because it's the Mandalorian code. This is the way. Yep. Well, so, uh, so uh, anyway, uh, this is another one of those episodes where um, not a little bit happens in the story, but it's also mostly like you know a lot of like character in depth. So 
what happened in the previous episode was that um, Baywin Skull uh, was able to successfully get all the information on the map um, thanks to Sabine giving him the map because she's desperate to find Ezra. Ahsoka was sent, was thrown into the river when she lost a battle to Baywin Skull and uh, and she, we didn't really know what happened to her until the end of the episode, but Morgan Elspeth and Baywin Skull, along with, uh, you know, Shin and Sabine are on board. They left Setos toward this new galaxy where Thrawn and Ezra supposedly are. And Ahsoka woke up in the world between worlds and she saw Anakin and everybody had a massive fanboy moment, including we, yours truly. Yeah, well, there's lots of fan theories and articles and just clickbait things saying like what happened, like how is Anakin there? Yeah. I think my favorite theory that I kind of wish happened was that this was Anakin and he had somehow been pulled into the world between worlds at some point. Mm -hmm. And he was meant to reset the sequel era. I, I just think that's a really funny theory, but of course that's not going to happen. I, Disney would never do that. So, uh, so to kind of pick up with this, so uh, what happens in this is that, um, so Ahsoka goes through a series of flashbacks as part of a training with Anakin. Uh, we see uh, we see two major flashbacks, one where they're in the Clone Wars where, uh, well, first of all, uh, she's now a teenager and she's portrayed by a different actress whose name is uh, Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, and uh, most importantly, we get to see Hayden Christensen wearing the clone art Clone Wars armor that Anakin donned for the first three seasons of Clone Wars. I had such a huge fan. Dude, that was so that. cool. Like, the only thing that would have made that better is if you somehow managed to get Ewan McGregor coming in wearing the Clone Trooper armor. I know. It would have been great to have them together again. Like I kind of hoped that because Ewan's wife is Hera, yeah. that we would have gotten something but I'll take what I can get. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Like, I don't know about you, Nate, but this over-delivered what I was expecting. <clears throat> oh, 100%. Like, I always hoped in the back of my mind that we get some Clone Wars flashback stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't believe they would ever actually do it. It was just one of my... It's not, it was on my MVP list of things that I would love to have, but it wasn't a requirement for this to be a good TV show. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of this episode, Clone Wars galore, and I'm just sitting here like, holy crap. This is so great. And uh, we're also, um, I I'll go into, I'll go into like the stuff that we specifically see uh, when we get to like the Easter eggs and references section. Uh, but we see two major Clone Wars things. And then she, um, has a lightsaber duel with Anakin where, like, he's, like, pretty much saying, like, you know, she either needs to live or die. And she ultimately passes the test. Um, and she is able to revert, you know, enter the real world again. She gets saved by the rebellion, uh, by the rebel forces, because Hera was, um, Hera was looking for her. And the reason why they were able to locate her was because Jason could feel uh, her presence through the Force. They establish here that he now has Force abilities. And guess what? 
They finally I, mentioned Kanan's name. Thank you. Thank you, Hugh Yang. Thank you. Like Kanan Jarrus gets dropped. His name gets dropped. It's about time, man. Because I was kind of wondering what, why they were not going to name drop him. So yeah. to see him name drop was pretty great. So, um, so they do that. Um, Ahsoka, it, after recovering, uh, she be you know she is able to decipher through the Force what happened to Sabine and everybody. And with the climax of the episode, uh, well, first of all, Hera gets in trouble with the Rebellion because she went against well, not the Rebellion anymore, the New Republic. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, they're still the Rebellion. Um, and. The rebel fleet arrives to arrest them, but then just before they can, uh, Ahsoka hatches a plan to go to the galaxy herself. She they approach this uh, like flock of Purgles. You guys know what Purgles are if you've seen Rebels. And uh, for those of you who have not seen Rebels, basically they're these giant space whales that have organic hyperdrives that allow them to travel through hyperspace. Yeah. Um, They're where the hyperdrive technology originated from. Yeah. Because they inspired the early engineers from I don't know when mm -hmm. to develop the idea of hyperspace drive. And the episode ends with Ahsoka um, getting into one of the Purgles and along with Hu Yang in their starship, and they travel to the unknown. To the and, other galaxy. Yep. Well, I'm so looking forward to seeing this other galaxy in the next episode. Dude, I have so many questions. But I will say, one thing that disappointed me, I was kind of hoping against all odds that the last moment, Hera and Jason would bring their ship into the Purgle's mouth as well and go with them. But Hera's in mom mode, and... He won't turn Jason into direct danger. Yeah, that's Hera. Yeah. So, Nate, what? Where do you want to begin? Because there's so many things in here to talk about, like small little details, or just our individual fangasms of what we saw and what we were like thinking. I mean, I think the big thing that just like really hit me that uh, I, I really feel, uh, you know, kind of show like you could kind of say that maybe this kind of gives like some retroactive character development for Anakin in some ways where like there's a point where they're talking in the flashback where Ahsoka is said that like this isn't how I was trained to be. And then Anakin was all like, well, yeah, when I was trained, Obi-Wan told me that we were keepers of the peace. But here's the thing. We're at war now. I need to train a Jedi to be a soldier, not a keeper yeah. of the peace. Which, that actually kind of hit me a little bit. Like, because they never really outright stayed most of that in the Clone Wars. Like, well, I mean, first of all, I think it really showcases just how much of a completely incompatible alliance the Jedi were with the Clone Wars. Since the clones are trained to like be soldiers to kill and the Jedi are supposed to be peacekeepers. Uh, I, I just, I feel like in a lot of ways, maybe that you could say that that was another thing that may have ultimately led Anakin to 
turned into the dark side in some ways because he like he was willing to go and we see this in the clone wars too like there's multiple episodes of the clone wars where anakin goes a bit farther than how some other jedi were like when he's look like i remember one episode when he was looking for ahsoka and he was literally choking someone with the force he was really angry trying to figure out where ahsoka was or when he (laughs) was or that episode where um where uh obi-wan is supposedly killed but he's actually going undercover for as a bounty hunter and anakin was like furious and trying to kill that bounty hunter as revenge like i feel like this episode it's really great seeing hayden christensen be in that mode as anakin as like a jedi who doesn't want to be a peacekeeper he feels like he's a soldier and he has to go an extra mile sometimes if that makes sense but what did you think of that so you're right there's a lot of subliminal commentary i don't know if that's the right word here on the issues that the jedi face being part of the clone wars and you know, throughout the Clone Wars and the animated TV show, we do see instances where the Jedi are trying to say that we're peacekeepers, but then they're seen leading the soldiers in, into battle, and they weren't really... So, in my opinion, when you say the Jedi are the peacekeepers, that doesn't mean that they have the ability to even take a side. Like the fact that they sided with the with the Empire or the Republic at the time at all, that did not have happened to begin with. And I think it's interesting that with this one little one line throwaway thing, we kind of get some kind of semblance that yeah, other people in the continuity agree with this, that the Jedi should not have become agents of the Republic and they should have remained a third party non-parcel observers of what was happening and maybe just be like protecting the separatists in the republic while they try and bring peace back to the galaxy that would have been better but they didn't and palpatine won and you know stuff happened yeah it it honestly i know that this isn't canon anymore but it kind of reminds me of uh um if you guys uh, know about the uh knights of the old republic video games and like the story behind it like the pretext to the knights of the old republic was that there was uh something called the mandalorian wars where the republic was going to war with the people of mandalore and the story behind that was that um the jedi refused to take a side in the republic like they were trying because they thought something bigger was at work there so they didn't assist the republic but then a small group of jedi did and all of those jedi that did intervene became sith well two of them became sith other were dark jedi but uh like i don't know riz and i are eventually going to review the uh kotor game so we'll talk more about that one day one day um but yeah no i definitely see a lot of like really good storytelling in this episode i think a lot of i think the thing that really got me though was the symbolism here because 
you can talk more about this one, but I do want to mention that there are two key battles from the Clone Wars that we see. One is a battle on Ryloth, which I'll let you talk about more because you probably remember that episode better than I do. Mm-hmm. And then the second is the Seeds of Mandalore, which happened in, I think, season seven of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So the fact that we had scenes from these two different events in the Clone Wars is pretty awesome. And we also get, in my opinion, screen accurate Ahsoka as a younger version of herself. And they even keep track of what lightsaber configuration she had at what age. Like, she had a green lightsaber when she first met Anakin. She had it in this episode. And then by the time the Seeds of Mandalore happened, she had the double white blades. So I just yep. think these little details that we're getting are really awesome. Yeah, and I think it it also uh, with you know it, it kind of in a way shows the differences between Ahsoka like because the Battle of Ryloth was uh, a season one um, battle. Um, it took place over episodes uh, nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one. And uh, for the record, uh, with it, it's not been. Wikipedia hasn't said this. It's not said that. Hello. I think we lost Nate. The first battle is um, but we can. Hey, we lost. We can assume that. Okay, sorry. No problem. Um. So, so I do want to say that, and you'll just edit out, and I'll continue. Right. Okay. Yep. So the episode does not specifically say that this is the Battle of Ryloth um, because it's not said on Wikipedia, but I can assume that it's the Battle of Ryloth because it's done on like a desert, like, you know, sand terrain, which that's what Ryloth is usually portrayed as in most Star Wars media, including canon. Um, yeah, and and then we also see uh, the Twi'lek soldier speaking with Anakin and Rex in the background, and Twi'leks are the native species of Ryloth, so we can assume. But um, but uh, the battle. I just want to Ryloth- call it real quick. One little thing that you kind of mentioned that we didn't talk about yet, but Rex makes a non-face cameo. Yep. And that, to me, was everything. I'm frustrated that Rex never took his helmet off. Because they do have Timura Morrison voicing uh, Rex. Because uh, uh, Timura Morrison, for those who don't know, uh, he played Jango Fett in, uh, in um, Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah. He, uh, um, he actually does appear in Revenge of the Sith. He um, he portrays Commander Cody there, being a clone of Jango Fett. Yeah. Uh, so, in fact, he was Cody before we saw Cody in the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, he was just recently. Um, he had his line. He actually redubbed the lines of Boba Fett in the Empire Strikes Back, all four of the lines, and. He just recently has been Boba Fett in both uh, season two of The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. And yeah. I'm, I'm frustrated that they didn't have him take his helmet. Actually, he was a clone in a Kenobi 
as well. There's a point where Obi-Wan is wandering around one of those planets and uh, he plays this one clone who's like begging for money or something. And I don't understand why they don't have him take his helmet off because if you've seen Book of Boba Fett, he's bald. He can literally play Rex now (laughs) if he wants to. Yeah, and like my my first reaction to seeing him was actually – did they get D. Bradley Baker to come back? But that wasn't D. Bradley Baker. I found out after watching the episode, which kind of it was a mixed bag of oh, I was with D. Bradley Baker, but also I understand why it wasn't. Yeah, but I'm I'm cool with Timora Morrison. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but like I said, um, the Battle of Ryloth was when uh, Ahsoka was still a Jedi and she was serving under Anakin. Uh, she actually played a really big part. Uh, in that battle, uh, she um, there was she actually allowed the uh, Republic forces to penetrate the uh, Separatist space defenses by doing this really unconventional strategy where she had the uh, the cr- the star cruiser that she was commanding approach the ships with its bottom facing mm-hmm. toward them. So it was pretty big. I can't remember much of what she did on the ground because uh, it's been a while since I've seen those episodes, but. They do say that uh, she and Captain Rex were uh, part of the ground operations. So, so them fighting on the ground is pretty consistent with what we've had in canon. Uh, But then we have the Siege of Mandalore, which uh, is shown uh, in um, basically the final arc of season. Well, actually, no, it was first established in the Ahsoka novel. That's when we first learned about the Siege of Mandalore the Ahsoka novel, because Ahsoka frequently has flashbacks to uh, that um, throughout that novel. Um, But then it was brought to life in the, uh, in the season seven of the Clone Wars. Uh, And I think the line that Rex said to her may have been a line that he said to her in that episode. I'll, I'll have to watch those episodes again. It does sound familiar though. Uh, I'll make this one other complaint. It sucks that we don't see Bo-Katan in that flashback because she fought in the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, But I, uh, I actually like how, you know, both of them um, kind of both, both of them kind of showcase Ahsoka when she was um, Anakin's, Anakin's Padawan. And then in the Siege of Mandalore, she's actually the general, like she's, you know, kind of doing her own thing. She's not really following Anakin. And that show when Anakin says he doesn't recognize that battle in the flashback. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of shows how Ahsoka slowly grew from being Anakin's Padawan to like being her own person who kind of did her own thing during the Siege of Mandalore. And also one thing about Ahsoka and the Siege of Mandalore, but also in the Battle of Ryloth, more so in the Battle of Ryloth, in my opinion, we see the gravity of the situation that the Jedi are put into here because, you know, we know Ahsoka's a kid during the Clone Wars animated cartoon, but it it hit different seeing a live-action child in the battlefield, and that's something that really hit hard for me was seeing that. Yep. Because the, they're basically child soldiers and, you know, that that's a big deal. Like, it's not something we talk about very often, but 
Ahsoka and the other Padawans were definitely child soldiers in the Clone War. Yeah, and it's when she's animated, it's kind of difficult to see her as a complete child because she's animated, but seeing it in live action, yeah. Where she's, where she's de-aged from Rosario Dawson to Ariana Greenblatt. That, that's and, where you realize, oh yeah, she was a teenager at this point. That's kind of insane. Well, she wasn't even a teenager in Battle of Ryloft. I think she was like a child, like a literal, either preteen or a child, you know? Like, she wasn't that old at all. And yeah, I mean, Padawans can be pretty young, because like Anakin started being Obi-Wan's Padawan when he was 10. Yeah, but Anakin's a different case altogether. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But but the thing about it is, in our last episode for episode four recap, I went off on a little bit of a explanation of Ahsoka's psyche, of the things she went through, you know, losing Anakin, um, being, you know, seeing Vader and all the different stuff she went through, all the different hurt, uh, being expelled from the Jedi Order, that all hit her really hard. Mm-hmm. But now imagine thinking, Nate, the expulsion of her, of her from the Jedi Order happened when she was a child. Yeah. And it happened after she went through all those battlefields, the entirety of the war. And that really puts into perspective why, as an older person today... Ahsoka is a bit more reserved, quiet, and thoughtful rather than... I don't want to say she was, like, super jovial in Clone Wars, because she was, but, you know, she was a child. She didn't really understand the gravity, but as she got older and she looked back on her life, it hit hard seeing all that stuff. And I think the reason we needed this scene with her and Anakin was for Anakin to teach her that she's not the sum total of the failure that her master was. Mm-hmm. Like, she's her own person. She has her own destiny. She has her own path. Anakin was a part of it, but he doesn't fully... His descent into Vader does not define her be, her being in this. Yeah. And uh, just to, um, <clears throat> just because I'm one of those to be official, uh, so uh, just to give everybody back home like an official age that Ahsoka would have been on uh, Ryloth, um, on the Battle of Ryloth, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, she was officially born 36 BBY. Uh, that was the year that she was born, and the Battle of Ryloth took place... Um, uh, in 22 BBY, so she would have been 14 during yeah. that battle. So she literally was a child. That's just yeah. insane. It, it is insane, but we don't think about it very often because it was in a cartoon, and it hits differently. I, I can't explain why it hits differently for me, but it does. Uh, so, uh, also, one of my favorite scenes in this episode is Anakin walking off into battle, but his form is changing between Vader and himself. And that, to me, was really cool. 
Yeah. It it kind of reminded me of the uh of the Mortis story arc. I think that was the story arc where Anakin is like shown uh um during the Clone Wars, by the way. Uh yeah. where Anakin is like showing like flashes of like what his future could look like, and we literally see in like a silhouette of Darth Vader's helmet over him. Yeah. It reminded me of like that type of stuff. Like, yeah, it was just it was insane. And then like, you know, later when they're back in the uh in the um in the world between worlds and Dar- we hear Darth Vader's breathing at one point and then he's charging at her and at one point he's Vader, but then he's Anakin. Like yeah. that I don't know, like the direction of that uh everything about the whole moments with like her and Anakin was just like a roller coaster ride. It was just absolutely insane. So one question for you, Nate. Um, so we've, you know, we've both grown up watching Star Wars most, if not all, of our lives. And when you think of Anakin and Vader, intellectually, I can accept Anakin as Vader, right? Like we know he becomes Vader later in life. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching the Clone Wars, when you're watching Episode One and Two, it's hard to remember that he is going to be Vader one day. And I think seeing that transition back and forth in Ahsoka, especially when he has the red lightsaber in a human form without the Vader armor, because that's the first time we see Anakin with a red lightsaber outside of when he's Vader. Yep. So. I don't know. To me, that just that also hit a little bit different seeing that. I mean, maybe not for me. Like, I I, I was hit a little bit more by, um, like, well, okay. I first watched. We no, didn't no, know. I I saw this after it, but uh, see in Kenobi, seeing Vader with his helmet busted open, and us hearing a like Vader talk where it's like, you know, buzzing between Hayden Christensen's voice and what is technically James Earl Jones's voice, even though they were actually using AI instead of James Earl Jones himself. Oh, AI. Uh, And that, um, uh, that was when it kind of hit me a bit differently. Like, yeah, that that's when I can like literally see like the Hayden Christensen Anakin yeah, becoming Darth Vader, and the same thing was seen. Uh, like, um, if we want to go off the Clone Wars thing, seeing, uh, hearing uh, James Earl Jones's voice like buzzing between that and uh, Matt Landers' uh, voice when Anakin's helmet gets busted open in a uh, Rebels. That's when it's like, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that Anakin being in the Darth Vader suit, but hearing that it all of a sudden makes it like i don't know like vader vader has always just been kind of fascinating with me where it's like it's hard to imagine anakin being in the suit because but at the same time it's weird because like when you see vader outside of a suit you just see like oh oh my god there's this horrifying cyborg guy who's literal breathing strikes fear into my heart and I should run away. But then like when you see him without his helmet on, he's a completely different person. Like he's this broken man who's like lost everything. 
And I feel like seeing Anakin in there as the broken man who's lost everything. Like, I don't know. It's it's really weird. It's really hard to explain. But, it is. Like, you get what I'm trying to say? No, I get it. I get it. I just, I also it's struggle almost, with. It's almost like when he's in the suit and all you can see is the suit, it, he's just a completely different person. Like, as Obi-Wan said, more machine than man. Yeah. No, but that was a really good focus to have Anakin in the episode for as long as he was. And, you know, like, Anakin taught Ahsoka everything she became today. And I think Ahsoka weighs down on the Vader part more than she said because, yeah, Anakin taught her to be a soldier. He taught her how to fight and be in a war. But I think this episode, he reminded her that he also taught her what Obi-Wan taught him, what Qui-Gon taught Obi-Wan, what Yoda taught Qui-Gon and Dooku and all that. Yeah. Like, she comes from a legacy of really powerful Jedi. And they didn't all turn evil. Obi-Wan's one of the best people in the entire lineage, in my opinion. Yoda, I I have opinions on Yoda. One day I'm going to do a podcast talking about Yoda. But that's not today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, they have a legacy. Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon wasn't evil, but he definitely never, he was not someone who was just always going to, like, suck up to the will of the council. Well, that's another podcast in itself right there that I'm going to briefly talk about because you brought it up. Qui-Gon did not follow the, the council Because like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, by the time episode one begins, the Jedi Council and the Jedi Order have been corrupted already because they've become the lapdogs of the Republic to do the Republic's bidding as they need. But the Jedi Order, if you go back further, and yes, I'm going to kind of consider what little I know about Knights of the Old Republic here as part of my explanation, but they were more peacekeepers. They were more neutral. They weren't really involved in one side or the other side, right? Like, they just kind of did their own thing to balance the force. But Yoda really did not do a great job of balancing the force because in his desperate attempt to prevent Anakin from going to the dark side, he helped Anakin go to the dark side by putting that fear in their minds in the council. And then by allowing the council to go into war, they had no business going into the Clone Wars. That was a Republic and a separatist problem. The Jedi Order had never been involved in all that. Yep. And so, you know, Qui-Gon, in my opinion, was showing the true color of what it meant to be a Jedi charged with bringing balance to the Force. I mean, I think he I think he was a less extreme version of Dooku cuz well, I mean, I'm not going to talk more. I'm not going to talk about it here cuz when we do Tales of a Jedi, like yeah. I'm going to have a lot to say about this one episode of Tales of a Jedi cuz that's one episode that I watched like 
multiple times. Like it's one of the most fast. Honestly, it's one of the most fascinating pieces of any Star Wars media that I watch. Oh yeah, um, I love that episode too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would have to say that in a nutshell, Qui Gon is a bit less extreme, is a slightly less extreme version of Dooku, but he still adheres to Dooku's philosophy that like you we don't serve the senate we serve the people of this republic yeah and like but i think dooku got corrupted by his will to serve the people and he allowed palpatine to corrupt him into that role of a sith lord mm -hmm. yeah so, but we'll, we'll talk yeah but like qui-gon and dooku are perfect examples of how you can go to one extreme or the other extreme of following honestly, that mantra. Honestly, talking about that now makes me more excited for us to do Tales of a Jedi very soon. <sighs> we might have to do Tales of a Jedi at some point after we finish the Ahsoka train. Yeah, I mean, it's only six episodes, so... We can do it one day. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, we're already out of order anyway. Does it really matter at this point? Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're literally on, like, episode 14 or 15 of this podcast. And we still have not done a single original trilogy movie review. Yeah, but we'll be getting to that soon. Eh, someday. <laughs> um, what what else was there to talk about with this episode? Um, I do like Jason being able to hear the lightsabers under the ocean of Anakin and Ahsoka battling. And, okay, so going back to the entire Anakin and Ahsoka thing, I don't think she ended up in the actual world between worlds. I think she ended up in, like, a some kind of force construct place in the world. Like, something, some kind of dream world or something. I, I don't know what it was, but it definitely was not world between worlds. Like, it wasn't Rebels. Yeah. It was just a familiar backdrop for Ahsoka because she was there at one point. Mm -hmm. But I think this is all in Ahsoka's head. Like a, I don't want to say it was a dream, though. That's the problem here. I, I don't think it was a dream. Just a vision while she was like, kind of knocked out, like in a coma. I guess yeah. you could say. I don't know. Like I, I've, I hate to, um, like they, they've done that with uh, like in like some sentais before where like maybe someone is knocked out for an extended period of time and they go through like this uh like thing where you can't say it's a dream because like big major stuff happened but it's like a like you were knocked out of your body like your yeah. soul was knocked out of your body and went through all this and then you were allowed to return to your body if that makes mm -hmm. sense yeah because, like, you know, we literally see her, like, after Anakin vanishes, like, I love that transition, by the way. Like, we see her body be, like, slowly, like, you know, go underwater, and then it cuts back to her where she's, like, literally lying unconscious in the water. Yeah. As uh, one of those other rebel pilots, I don't know what her name is, but she dives underwater to, like, get Ahsoka. Like, th that was a really cool transition, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, this comment just made me hit another feel. I didn't think about it in this way. What's that? Anakin taught Ahsoka a lesson that he learned from Luke. What's that? The lesson of, you know, 
comparison and trying to not be a soldier and focusing on the love part of it as well. Yeah, he did learn that from Luke. Yeah, like Luke brought him back from the death of being a Sith Lord. And mm -hmm. while, you know, there's a lot of conflict among people about Vader being back in the Jedi Order at the very end before he dies, I don't think he necessarily was a Jedi again, but he definitely was not a Sith Lord anymore. Mm -hmm. He could just be like in the same state as uh, Ahsoka. Yeah, because Luke taught Vader to choose life. And Vader, Anakin goes and teaches Ahsoka to use life. Yeah, that is super powerful. It kind of hits me. Yeah, like, that, that's you know, crazy. Too. Who made that comment? Somebody I saw on, on uh, Twitter. Oh, well. I opened Twitter and it was the first thing to pop up. And I was like, oh, that's a really good it's a really good moment right there. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah. So wrapping up, because I don't know how much more I can give, because I think we've I've said everything I want to. Yeah, I mean the 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 flashbacks and like the training that Ahsoka goes through is the big things. Because yeah, I mean aside from I mean okay, I mean there's some other cool things like it's cool to see Hera and Chopper and everything, but like the second half of the episode, I'm not saying it was bad because it was really great. It's great to see the Purgles and Ahsoka talking with them, and it's great that the story is furthering itself, but. Let's yeah. be honest, like the meat of this episode is the training that Ahsoka goes through with those flashbacks. And, you know, it's really funny how this entire series, this season of Ahsoka, is related to the Purgles, which I know you didn't have that when you were watching Rebels the first time, Nate, because you watched it much later in life. Mm -hmm. But watching Rebels as it came out weekly... And seeing that episode of with the Purgles and thinking, ah, oh, here's another bit of filler by Filoni. And now, you know, almost 10 years later, we're starting to realize that wasn't filler. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes this meme <laughs> that I saw on Instagram once. Unfortunately, I didn't get it at the time, but I kind of get it now. Um, there... I think like a Purgle, and I can't remember, I need to watch Mandalorian season three uh, from the beginning again, but uh, there's a part where like um, they're flying and like they mentioned a space whale and like somebody made this meme where like people who haven't watched Rebels, space whales, what are those? And then the people who have seen Rebels are like, space whales? Oh no. Like it's happening. Like, like the person who's all like, Oh, space whales. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a pretty cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. But like the person, people who have seen Rebels, like their eyes are popping out of their head, like space whales. No. Yeah. Like, this is bad. <laughs> I also like that fandom is already named Ahsoka after this dream sequence, Ahsoka to White. And there's a comment saying, <laughs> and there's that's a comment so awesome. saying, I have returned to the turn of the tides. Oh man. <laughs> That's so perfect. It is, because they're they're saying Ahsoka before this was Ahsoka to Grey and she's evolved into Ahsoka to White. That's perfect. Yeah. So Nate, what would you give this episode? I 
Okay, maybe the flashbacks are like clouding my bias, but you know what? I don't care. I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Good, because I'm going to get a 10 out of 10 as well. Yeah, I, I don't care. Like, you can say that I'm too high off nostalgia for the Clone Wars when I watch this episode. And you know what? Maybe I am. But I don't care. Nor I really do I. I don't, I don't care. care. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. And I was literally telling this to, like, my wife when she was sitting next to me. Like, she was only, like, half paying attention. Like, I literally said, like, this is the – when I was, like, watching this, like, with the Purgles and everything, like, something just hit me. I'm like, this is the best Star Wars live-action show that I've seen. And I know that there are some people who are disliking it. And to all those people, I just say – and I'm not – and if you and if you genuinely don't like this show, I'm willing to listen to it. But I don't care what people have to say. Okay, this show is amazing. And we do not get greatness. Like, we are – nothing in Star Wars is ever guaranteed to be great. This is great. I don't care what other people are saying. This is like, I can understand people having issues with Kenobi. At no point was I ever going to say that Kenobi was the best Star Wars live action show that I've seen. But this, this is like, this is amazing Star Wars stuff. And I don't care what other people are saying. This will, this will hold a special place in my heart. Like for like forever decades later. Yeah. Like, my thing about it is, you know, I've seen most everything from Disney Plus, Star Wars related, except for Andor. I'll get to Andor one day, I promise. I know people out there are trying to get me to watch Andor. Hi, John. My too. Me too. I I just have trouble with Andor. But overall, you know, I love Mandalorian. Book of Boba Fett had some good moments. And Obi-Wan is really good, had some good moments as well. But... Each of these series had some faults in them that I couldn't get over. Mandalorian had some pacing issues. Book of Boba Fett was kind of boring up until the Manda 2.5 season premiere. Um, <laughs> and or I have trouble just watching because it's so... The first episode is so dry that I have trouble getting into it. I'm hoping to rectify that one day, but... Oh, and I know because like Riz and I have literally watched that episode together while he was here in Atlanta. So. Yeah, so I mean, I've tried twice, no, three times now. I just couldn't get through it all, but I can't think of any substantial complaint with the Ahsoka TV show. Five episodes in, with three left to go. Like the pacing is fine, the character development's phenomenal, the the connections back to other parts of the timeline are amazing. And the updates on where characters are and what they're doing and how they've been over the last 10, 12 years is amazing as well. Like Ahsoka as a TV show, it's hitting all the right buttons for a Star Wars fan to be like just salivating for more, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I know that there are some people who are a little frustrated because of like this taking place in like the sequel era of Star Wars, like the sequel trilogy. And I mean, I can I sympathize with that a little bit, but maybe it's just because I don't like I don't hate the sequel trilogy as much as other people. Now, I have issues with it and know what world am I ever going to say is perfect. I don't even know if I would consider it like really good, but it but even you and then, i have very different opinions on the sequel trilogy 
But even then, like, if the sequel, even if the sequel trilogy isn't really that amazing, like, should we really let that, like, the era ruin it? Because, like, here's the thing, guys. You all hated the prequels. I know that nowadays there's people who are calling the prequels, like, the greatest movies ever. But don't pretend like you guys didn't hate the prequels when they came out. But No, no. I definitely hated the prequels until I watched The Clone Wars. Yeah, The Clone Wars came out. And you yeah. guys love that. The Regardless Clone Wars of what is why we say in. the prequels are great. Yeah, so what's not, like... Now, I, I there's still a lot of... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, there's still a lot of work to be done, in my opinion, with the Mandoverse overall before we can really fix the sequels because I don't understand... No matter how great Filoni is, I don't see how Filoni is going to fix the sequel trilogy. But like, I mean, you need possible. you need a lot of duct tape and magic glue. But if anybody can do it, it's Filoni. Well, yeah, I mean, Filoni's the heir to the uh, George Lucas Empire. And Filoni, we trust. Yeah, you this like my little like my pun on the heir to the empire. Yeah, had to throw that in there. But uh, is where is there anything else we should say? No, I'm good, man. I I'm just I'm okay. So quick predictions for next episode. We're probably going to have a lot more focus on Sabine next episode because Sabine was not in this episode whatsoever. Nope. We're well, gonna, her helmet was, but that was it. Well, the helmet didn't count. We're going to probably also get um, the introduction of Thrawn and or Ezra. At least I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'm just excited to see what this new galaxy looks like because this is the first time in like, I, unless it's been done in Resistance, which I find to be very unlikely. This is the first time in any Star Wars, uh, like on-screen media, like whether it be a video game or a or a TV show, or a movie. This is the first time that we are venturing into a brand new galaxy. Now, I would laugh a lot if when we get to the brand new galaxy, it's actually our galaxy. Like, there's planet Earth. Like the Milky Way? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. insane. It'd be pretty funny. Yeah, like, here's, here's Ezra living in New York City having a eight to five job as a um I don't know a, a newspaper journalist <laughs> and fighting crime in the evening as a Jedi master. Yeah, Grand Admiral Thrawn like just uh Grand Admiral Thrawn will be the kingpin. Yeah, yeah that makes total sense. Like either he's the kingpin or he's some high ranking United States government official of some kind. Those are the two options we have for the guy. But but in all seriousness, I really hope that they use this to like canonize like some other like um things from a different galaxy. Like uh I I don't know um if I would like to see the uh and I, I apologize for all the people listening if I botch this. Riz wouldn't know what it is. Uh at least I don't think so. Uh the uh the Siru, um the for those who don't know, the Siru, they're these uh, race of like reptilian lizards that uh, that 
appear in a one book called uh, The Truce of Bakura, which takes place immediately after Return of a Jedi in Legends, not new canon. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus like that, Riz. Uh, no, no, I, I know nothing about the Legends continuity, and I don't think I ever really will. I don't know how I feel about the Siru being canonized, because even when I was reading that book, the way that the Siru are both described and how people have done fan art, they just seem a little too silly. But I would love to see the, uh, and I don't know if they'll do this or not. Maybe they will, but who knows? Uh, maybe they'll softly canonize the uh, the Yuzan Vong, who are the main antagonists of uh, the New Jedi Order. Uh, I've only read mm -hmm. the first book. Um, I don't know as much about him. John would probably know more about them because he actually name dropped them in the podcast we had him on. Uh, so... Hey, look, John, John here's your uh, shout out for this podcast episode. Yeah, we seem to be bringing him up in like literally every podcast. I had, I had dinner with him when I was in Louisiana a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned that we name drop him in almost every single episode we've done. Oh, dude, you're right. I mean, John, you're like the grandmaster when it comes to like all this stuff. So let us show respect for our grandmaster. You're not grand admiral, you're grandmaster, John. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, normally, I would do like references and like Easter eggs. Uh, the but we kind I kind of brought them all up with like the Siege of Mandalore and the Battle of Ryloth. Uh, the only other reference I do want to say is that uh, Leia is mentioned in this episode. There's a point where uh, Carson Tiva um, tells Hera that uh, quote unquote Senator Organa is trying to uh, cover for us. Yeah. So really like that can we see leia can we see leia please but uh i don't want yeah. to because that'll require more cgi leia yeah which is kind of creepy but yeah i don't want that uh i'm okay with her being there but not being on screen um i i wish i could give you guys some uh trivia related to like the ships of the rebel fleet or this captain but unfortunately i couldn't find anything on wikipedia so if someone knows anything about those like the models of those ships or this captain uh if you're watching this on youtube then please at least please leave a comment down below with that reference because i'm actually kind of curious because yeah i mean if you watch this podcast you guys know me i'm always curious about each ship model and like you know captains and all that but those were all the references uh aside from you know the big clone wars things which we already went into depth over oh yeah uh, do we have anything else we want to say? No, I think that's it. All right. I am looking forward to seeing what this new galaxy looks like next week. But anyway, uh, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to uh, listen to us. We understand that we went off on some tangents here, but with how this episode of Ahsoka is, can you really blame us? We have like, to go to our own world between worlds here, okay? Yeah. Um. But we hope you guys really enjoyed this. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, well, first of all, like I said, leave uh, any comments down below with like references that I may have missed. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we'll give a shout out to you because so someone actually did that to me once uh, for my new Dawn review where he pointed out uh, some references that are made to a new Dawn in Rebels, which I really appreciate that. I can't remember the guy's name, but I do appreciate the guy who left that for me. So, yeah, we do take your comments into account and we'll read them. Uh, and if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, first of all, thanks a lot for uh, checking us out. And second of all, 
you can give us commentary by sending us messages on uh, animesecrets.org. You can also uh, leave us reviews and ratings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everything else. Yeah, of course. We need we need more ratings. Help us out, guys. But we do appreciate the, the few people that have given us really good reviews. Uh, yeah. With that said, uh, we will see you guys next time. Uh, we will take a look at the uh, Ahsoka, the, the next Ahsoka episode. Uh, we are also going to be, uh, we're going to hopefully get to, uh, we're going to try to do, we're going to try to do another review on a Star Wars animated series. Riz is currently watching The Bad Batch. Uh, I'm going to have to get back to it. I've seen The Bad Batch all the way through. Uh, and, you know, we're of course going to do, Clone Wars and Return of, and uh, the Tales of a Jedi stuff. We are going to do the uh, original trilogy, and I got a special treat for you guys when we do the original trilogy. I am going to point out every tiny little special edition change that was made between each of the versions, because you guys, you guys know me. I'm one of those guys that literally has to look at every tiny detail. So maybe you guys will get bored of that, but some of you guys might actually that's cool but i'm gonna do that because I'm nathan one of those has people. watched these frame by frame yeah pretty much he he's um, probably got like a special version of the movie where it says all the different versions on one screen oh i wish i had that <laughs> but anyway uh but for now we are mainly focusing on ahsoka and we will see you guys next time when we review episode six but until that time you guys stay safe. We love you, and may the Force be with you.